the business savvy singer. Hey there. And welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. I'm Dr. Greta Pope, and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is dedicated to vocalists and to those who love them. We interview singers who are working professionally to get a glimpse into their lives and celebrate their personal journey to success. Join us weekly to learn how to move your career forward. Get tips and recommendations to help you realize the career of your dreams. You're listening to the Business Savvy Singer podcast, brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net, providing online education to build sustainable careers in music. Also, Eternal Wolf Music, producing audio for every need. And Greta Pope Entertainment for the finest in entertainment. Hey there, and welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. I am delighted today to chat with Jeff Whitaker, a wonderful singer and a clergyman. I had the pleasure of hearing Jeff sing at a wonderful event in Niles, Michigan. Welcome, Jeff, how are you today? Well, I'm just fine. It's uh, it's great to be with you. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that you were available and, and that you agreed to do this with us. I, I, I think that it's so interesting that you have used your wonderful singing skills, and you are a wonderful singer. I was very <laughs> impressed. So, you know, that you're using those skills to, um, as a clergy person, you know, there are so many options that that we as singers have and and people that have taken just unusual routes are very interesting hmm. well if you say you know we 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 take a route or uh, or the route takes us <laughs> that's right that's right whichever way it works it's great i, I could win an olympic uh, swimming medal if i fall into the right river <laughs> that's very true <laughs> so tell us about your earliest memories of making music well, um, my mom, uh, wonderful, wonderful lady, uh, she and my father both passed away last year. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, my father's a Vietnam vet, mm-hmm. and he passed away of, of Agent Orange complications. Oh. And, uh, and my mother passed away of a, of a, a lung, you know, an embolism. Yeah. And, and, but they were six months apart, so mm. uh, they're happy. Yeah. They're at their sock hop with Jesus. <laughs> right now. Uh, but, um, but anyway, my mother, bless her heart, she could hardly carry a tune in a, a lunch pail, <laughs> but she could sure sing. And uh, so we just grew up with records around the house all the time and, and mom picking you up and dancing with you in circles oh. and things. And, but um, when I was, uh, the first time things, I guess, musical happened was um, we had a wonderful um, high school music teacher at Niles, and his name was uh, Bill Hamburger, hmm. William Hamburger. And the funny thing about Mr. Hamburger is that he was a vegetarian. How funny. <laughs> yeah, he was a, <laughs> he's a Seventh-day Adventist, and he, he taught at Andrews and things. And but uh, So Mr. Hamburger was a vegetarian, and two of his really good friends were German, and they were the Cokes. So they would, he said, sometimes they would go to Chicago for a show and they would make reservations for the hamburgers and the Cokes. (laughs) 
well, they would get there and there was no reservations because they thought it was a prank call or those kind of things. That is hilarious. Yeah, but Mr. Hamburger got a hold of me in the third grade and he formed a boys' choir in Niles. Okay. So that was uh, probably the first time you found yourself, you know, shoulder to shoulder, you know, singing with other little boys. And and uh, and then I was very just pleased to kind of just follow the follow the path, you know, just to continue to sing wherever things opened up. And you know how that is. Yeah. There's a a contest somewhere or there's a festival somewhere. And so, you know, you just end up singing and, and one thing, you know, leads to another. So I, I was with Mr. Hamburger until the, uh, the time I graduated from Niles high school. Wow. Wow. And for our listeners, this is Niles, Michigan, uh, that pastor Jeff is from, and it's a lovely, lovely small town. And, uh, that's, that's just so exciting, you know, that you started in high school and you continued with it. You applied to Western Michigan and you, you went there and you studied with a man that was a good friend of mine, the legendary jazz educator, Dr. Steve Zagree. You were a member of the gold company which under, under the direction of Dr. Zagree became one of the nation's leading collegiate vocal jazz groups. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Zagree was a Bobby McFerrin Distinguished Professor of Music, yeah. and I worked in the studio with him on several occasions. Yeah. Yeah, he so, was in, inducted into the Downbeat Magazine's Jazz Education Hall of Fame. I mean, he was a big, big deal. He passed away several years ago, which was so unfortunate and so untimely. But yes. tell us about your experiences at Western Michigan with Dr. Zagree. Well, um, well, first of all, I have, Greta, when you ever make the trip over and say hello over here in Niles, I'll show you the color photograph from the 1982 National Association of Jazz Educators uh, Conference in Chicago, wow. where we received that number one designation. And, you know, Louis Belson was there and, you know, Doc Severinsen, you know, it's back in the 80s. So, but uh, Witten Marcellus and it just, so, I mean, that was kind of, a, you know, quite a thing. And yes. um, so anyway, that's on my wall. So I, I, you know, all of these memories have, you know, I've never wow. forgotten them or let them go. And I've got an autographed, well, I've got my Gold Company uh, album that we cut back wow. in 81, 82. And, uh, and I've got behind that one is the uh, the autographed Manhattan transfer we got when we sang Four Brothers with them at the, at the Amore Civic in South Bend. Wow. And they were mad. They were mad at us. <laughs> what? Because, well, you know, once you get into, like, the serious world, and this is not me, okay, but you have some of these these machines that are in classes with you. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're, you're singing along with... Uh, you know, Julie Andrews, Doa Deer, a female deer, and they've got perfect pitch and they're transcribing albums, you oh, know, yeah. onto paper. And these guys transcribed Four Brothers off of the Mecca for Moderns album. Mm -hmm. And then we did it in our show, but then we went to the more civic and just nailed Four Brothers with the transfer. And they're like, what the heck? You know, so <laughs> so that's, I mean, that was Vintage's degree. You know, he was just, he wasn't afraid of anything. And, um, yeah. but um, what happened was is that, you know, the proximity of Western Michigan and different things like that and some of the interactions that preceded our graduation. Um, but there was some interest expressed and I was invited by the music faculty to come up there and, you know, audition for them. Mm -hmm. Of course, we've done nothing beyond high school musicals you know, until that point, you know, so we did, we did those typical things. Mm -hmm. But uh, we went up and um, we auditioned for the faculty and they were very, they were very generous. 
Wow. Um, and so that was kind of like that confirmation, you know, that, hey, you know, this is where we need to be. Yeah. Uh, but the irony of it was we also took all of our entrance exams, oh. you know, for theory and, you know, different placement issues. Yeah. And I was terrible. I mean, I knew <laughs> treble clef, bass clef. I, I had an ear, you know, I mean, the typical singer profile. Mm-hmm. And so I could sing. And I had taken, uh, you know, one piano lesson and all of that. And so the, the theory exam just murdered me. Oh, boy. They thought, so they were going to put me into 159 theory, you know, remedial for the first semester. Yeah. And I had also tried out for the Western Michigan University baseball team. Oh. I was, a, I was an athlete in high school and beyond. And so I had made the varsity baseball team at Western at the same time of being the music scholarship, you know, mm-hmm. situation with the school. So I bought the first semester theory book and took it home with me after bombing the exam. <laughs> it was just crisis, you know, crisis. Oh my gosh. I, I took the theory book home and I went through the book in the weeks I had during the summer vacation. And then I retook the exam uh, the first day back on campus. And instead of getting three questions correct, uh, I think it was bass clef, treble clef, and middle C. You know, I just aced that part of the exam. Yeah. But uh, I actually literally only missed three. Oh, wow. So, and it was it was like the end of the book, you know, kind of thing I hadn't really gotten to yet, you know, in secondary, so all kinds of weird modes and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was how it started was this, wow. you know, kind of theory, uh, you know, impaired <laughs> a kid who liked to sing who was still 17 years old. <laughs> and then they said, hey, um, hey, this gold company group, you know, there's a cool man. That, that sounds cool. Show choir, jazz. And so I went in there and and we had to actually do a couple of lines from Four Brothers. And it said Manhattan transfer style. Now, I had by the time I was a senior in high school, I had all of Luciano Pavarotti's CDs. Oh, my gosh. Yes, Giorgio, that that wonderful movie he made when he's yes. in his balloon, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and all that. So and I loved I loved all kinds of music. But they said, you know, just just swing it. Just sing it like transfer. Sing wow. it like Manhattan transfer. And I'm like, OK, take a seat and cool it was unless you overrode, you know. And it's like, what transfer? What's four brothers? Why are there only four? Because their parents have five brothers. You know, I had nothing. Yeah. And but I, but I, he, he, he evidently liked the squeaks and things that came out of me. So I was admitted as the first freshman into you know, gold company. You know? Wow, that is fantastic. So clearly, they were not squeaks coming out of you. It must have sounded very good. Yeah, unless it was you know a sax imitation, you know that little <laughs> something. But but no, it was. It was something, but I was definitely a babe in the woods, and wow. uh, Steve grabbed me by my ankles and just pulled me under the bus. That is and, so um, wonderful, so yeah. wonderful. And, you know, it is amazing the kind of difference that a good professor or good teacher can make in your life, you know? And this is a prime example of him having taken you under his wing and shown you how to how to do it. And, and you went on, and, you know, he gave you the wings, and you truly have flown. It's fantastic. Well, he uh, he definitely was very, very special. Yeah. And um, from somebody who was in athletics, by the way, the music school called my dorm and said, we hear you're a baseball player. And <laughs> and then they threatened that the money was going to disappear. Oh. If I baseball. So yeah. that was my my second big crisis. You yeah. Know? 
you know, I had to make the grown-up decision yeah, that yeah. Uh, to stay where the the money already was. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but uh, but no, I having the athletic background. A lot of times, I will tell people that Steve was the meanest football coach I ever had. <laughs> a musician. That's great. That's I'm, great. He, if you did not have all fourteen charts memorized, a cappella with the changes. Mm-hmm. And body and soul, uh, Nightingale sang. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have it, you didn't get your plane ticket. Yeah, and that's and- great. That's great. That teaches you discipline. It teaches you to be prepared. It teaches you to be ready for the real world because that's how it is. Well, yeah. Well, that was the thing, and he, um, you know, and then we got the contract because you know when he was Fred Waring's accompanist and things back in the day. Mm-hmm. Well, we got the contract from Shawnee. To do all those high school demos, you know, for like this year's music for your high school choir, you know. So we went in, but he just handed us, he handed each of us like 10 charts. Wow. You warmed up, right? Go on in, put the headphones on, click track. Wow. And then you go, but you know. That's great. You know, you had to be there. If not, he would shout and say, get out. And it would come (laughs) through the studio speaker. You're like, get out. But no, I can do it. Get out. That's great. That's great. <laughs> the girls, the mascara. I hate him. <laughs> and, uh, but then when we touched down in California with Phil Matson and his group, and we just, we just took out the groceries, you know, and just nailed it. And it was like, it's like the national championship. You know, then you carry the football coach that you hate. Mm-hmm. You up all year. Yeah. But as soon as you win, you win the Super That's Bowl. Right. It's, Hey, that's right. And that's what makes you win is that that strict disciplinarian that, you know, expecting the best of you always, always. That's huge. So after college, you did theater professionally. Tell us what were some of the productions you did and where were you doing them? (laughs) Well, um, the the summer after my sophomore year, uh, I uh, took a theater job and it was it was summer stock. It was just it was a stock theater. Mm hmm. And so, um, I mean, through the years, I mean, you know, I, w- I was little Abner because I, I was the I was the jock. So mm-hmm. I could do all the, the posing and Pappy Yoakum could do chin ups on my arm and all that, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's great. But, uh, but I but it was also cool because just of that smooth croon, the crooning thing. And so I've been involved in the Oklahoma and little Abner and uh, I played Tevia. Oh, wow. I was a 17-year-old Teddy trying to, in, you know, imitate Topol. <laughs> it very good, you know, this kind of stuff, you know. Now you're old enough to actually play Teddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, forget about it. You know? That's so, great. Now they want you to play model Kamsoil or something like that. You know? <laughs> Daughters, maybe. But uh, but anyway, so I did that. And then um, um, Stock was, you know, Stock was a blast because, uh, again, I was still a baby, Mm-hmm. Uh, and I worked with people that I still see them doing commercials. That's great. You know, hey, Rick, you know, you'll see somebody on TV, you know how that is. And yep. oh, I used to, I used to work with them and all mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. so we did Annie and uh, Man of La Mancha, Sound of Music. Um, great. Um, did, did another production of Little Abner and, um, and uh, oh my goodness. A lot of stuff. You know, A lot of know, stuff. Yeah. And, but what happened was, is that, at the end of the season, I had no idea 
that the director of our theater company was also the director of the theater communications department at IUSB. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Okay. And he said, um, he goes, um, which again, you talk about a, I don't know, a bizarro world mirror image of, of a director. He had a, a beard, uh, a long black beard. He always wore boots, like biker boots. Mm-hmm. And he chewed tobacco. Oh, wow. So, you, you, you know, antithetical, you know, like, wait a minute, you know, you know, antitypical. And so he'd sit out there and spit, you know, and he'd yell at you, you know, and things. And he taught me, uh, he actually put me through a legit uh, stage fighting stuntman course that he used to teach. Wow. We did, you know, Man of La Mancha. And so, you know, you're diving and you're swinging on ropes and, yeah. you know, and, and having combat and things. And so he goes, hey, he goes, um, I, want you, I want you to come to IU and, wow. um, and I'll, I'll take, you know, I'll scholarship you in. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I know, to, my dad was a railroader. My mom was the deputy city clerk here in Niles for mm-hmm. over 25 years. The best wow. parents a kid could ask for. Yeah. But, but hardworking middle class people mm-hmm. that grew up poor and, mm-hmm. and they want to make sure their babies got to college. And yeah. so they were wonderful. That's but uh, but we still, you know, we still have to work two or three jobs, you know, during the school year. Yeah. But, um, but Jeff opened those doors and I went to IUSB Wonderful. and I was able to do um, uh, The Corn is Green. Wow. I got to take the title role in, in that. Oh, that's of, wonderful. Uh, Williams production of the illiterate Welshman, you know, who yes. ended up graduating Oxford and all yes. the drama. Yes. And so I did that. And, um, and then there was a traveling road, a road group. Uh, called the Spurlows. Yes, I was going to ask you about that next. But before we go on to that, I want to just let our listeners know that IUSB is Indiana University in South Bend. So that, you know, because we have people listening from all over, so they may not know that. So just wanted to stick that in there. Greta, I'm fully aware that IUSB can only long for the days of walking through Bloomington on the main campus. Yes, yes. I knew there was something about you, girl. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So tell us about the Spurlows. All right. The the Spurlows, actually, in um, in the contemporary Christian world, they they were quite a, a happening affair uh, from about the the mid to late 1960s. Oh. They used to uh, be employed by the Chrysler Corporation. Oh, so they they would go into schools and they would do a uh, you know look both ways before you cross the street. Hey, mm-hmm. Mr. Yeah. Policeman, you're our you know this kind of thing. Yeah. So they would go into the schools and do their safety show or something. But in the evening, they put on the three piece suits and they'd be in a local church. Wow. So they would say, you know, if you if you enjoy the Spurlows, and the, the the group is named after the founder, Mr. Thurlow Spur. Ah, so the creative name. That is cute. Yeah. So when I I got to the Spurlows, um, I'd had you know two years at Western, you know that my time at IUSB, uh, working you know a season of you know professionally, mm-hmm. and then I took this position. So we had. Uh, six front singers and a a, back, a backup band, you know, brass, bass, jazz combo with a mm-hmm. couple of horns, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of a lot of convention market. Cool. So we had the forty foot bus with the ten foot trailer, <laughs> and at that time, um, you know, we would do churches, and and you know that whole which was you know fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. over over three hundred churches in a in a season that I was with them, and then. Uh, we had the other outfits and the other albums, you know. And so this is where Steve's training came in 
because we would we had accounts with the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the old um, um, when you need it bad, we got it good. Come to Florida, yes. You know, yes. That, Oh, yes. you did bad, you know, the commercial. <laughs> yeah. And, the, you know, the Goodwill Ambassadors for the state of Florida. Yeah. And so then with that then came the Disney gigs and just the, the reg, just the commercial recording opportunity. So they would go in and, you know, and say, okay, this is for such and such cosmetic company or Eastern Airlines or mm-hmm. Air Canada. Mm-hmm. We did those uh, those accounts. And uh, you'd go in and say, okay, I've... I've I've got it, you know, let's, let's take it. And so we would do it. And, um, and so, you know, you continue to work and the circles continue to go out. Mm -hmm. But in those times, it was, um, at that point, it was really great to be able to, you know, we were staged out of Orlando. So you kind of got that whole orbit of Orlando. Yeah. And we did Radio City, did the Waldorf. It's great. Um, You know, we did LA, we did you know, we did all the convention market from Chicago, Charlotte, New York, several, wow. you know, just that regular circuit. And then you, so from that standpoint, then you're getting into maybe, um, I'm not, a, I've never been a dance major, mm-hmm. but I think because of the athletics, if mm-hmm. you can, if you can walk and count yeah. and maybe do a few moves, you know, mm-hmm. and just grab somebody's attention. Yeah. So um, I was, <laughs> I was dubbed as a Mr. Eastern you know, oh. which I think that might have been one of the reasons why Eastern Airlines went bankrupt, probably because <laughs> I was Mr. Eastern Airlines. <laughs> they, Too funny. Too they did funny. A, big, a big affair called uh, Florida's Hot. Wow. And it was on the music lines of um, Staying Alive. Okay. So a white tux with a red with a red shirt with a top hat. Got a couple of my my lovely partners, you know, from the group doing the the foil where you can you're dancing off people. So I'm just spinning in circles, doing split, you know, doing the like the, 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 the um, oh, I was going to say the Mills Brothers. But, yeah, it was the Mills Brothers. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, just twirling and, and, you know, doing the athletic thing and That's dancing. Great. And then all the voiceovers for those things, you know, came along with it. Wow. And um, so that was invaluable oh, to be yeah. in and out of hotels and, and to be able to play. I mean, some of the stories that, that I use um, when I'm doing concerts, either overseas or here in the States, um, you know, come from that time mm-hmm. that, you know, the time we went into the Waldorf and there was, there was a microphone stand with a circular, the stainless steel RCA with the springs. Yes. And a stool, the RCA, a monitor and a, and a television. And that was, that again, that was 83. So wow. it was television with a back on it. You know, it was like mm-hmm. it had tubes. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, I said, um, you know, hey, Pops, um, can we put our stuff down? You know, because we were unloading. We said, can we said, what What about this? And he's, you know, he's like 300 years old. He's got a rag out of his back pocket and, he, and like a 20-foot white broom. You know, typical thing, you know. And he's like, hey, just put it down over there, over here, over there, over there, you know. And he was, well, what about, what about this? You know, what about the stool? What about, who is this? He goes, ah, pff, never mind. Yeah, Sinatra was here last night singing for some people. And, and I was like, and so we're rubbing the mic, we're rubbing it on our faces, you know. <laughs> you know we're like playing with the mic. And, That's and great. he's like, hey, get out of here. So, <laughs> so you know, you you had those kind of really cool stories. We yeah. did a recording date one time and we went in and there were three microphones and they hadn't rearranged the studio. So we came in to do our thing and I said, Wow, three microphones. Hmm. Let me see. Three tenors. 
the three, you know, who's, who was here? <laughs> and the Pointer Sisters had just oh left. Oh my gosh, how exciting. So that's an autograph I don't have, you know. Wow. So whether it's an empty mic, that, that's a good book, right? The empty mics <laughs> yeah. I've met or something. <laughs> that is a good book, yeah. You well, we did do the that. Hollywood Bowl. We did the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> wow, that's great. It's all these chairs, because you can see an orchestra. Mm-hmm. And they said, what was this? He said, oh, Pavarotti was here last night. Very cool. And, Dang, I've got to quit showing up the day after, <laughs> you know. So anyway. That's never, funny. On and on it goes. That's great. That's great. So when and how did you decide to become a clergyman? Hmm. Well, that that for sure is um, that's something that was always in, you know, always in my heart, mm-hmm. always a part. Um, the other unwilling audience, you know, to my early singing was our landlord, <laughs> who would come, he would come over to fix the dryer or the washer. Mm-hmm. He used to just call me the preacher. Oh, and I'd be like five, six years old. He'd put me up on the, the dryer and then I'd just start singing and kicking the dryer with the heels of my <laughs> shoes, you know, which drove him nuts. <laughs> like, hey, 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 you know. Oh, that's but the great. Thing was, is that I love the Lord. Me, uh, we grew up, our family situation, my mother's side, they're, they're the Hamblins and the old the old singing cowboy, Stuart Hamblin. Oh, cool. That He's a cousin on my mom's side. Oh, wow. You know, probably removed, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But but mom was mom was a, a rock. She didn't she didn't know Christ, but she was a good girl. Mm-hmm. And dad was a hellraiser. Mm-hmm. I was born on the Air Force Base outside of Detroit. And okay. I and I, I like to say when I'm singing for the vets, you know, my dad took one look at me. I was so ugly. He volunteered for two years in Vietnam. <laughs> you know, oh my god! The guys love that. You know, but the point was, is that growing up, there was a lot of alcohol. There was a lot of you know dysfunction. All of these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. but I came to know and love you know Jesus. Uh, Eleven, mm-hmm. twelve years old. Mm-hmm. And so in those high school programs for the musicals, one of my best friends in the whole world is named Scott Tauby. He and I were always the one-two punch. He was the short comedian. I was the taller, you know, guy, but we were best friends. And he's a pastor right now uh, mm-hmm. back east. Wow. And we would say that we just want our music to bring glory to God, you know, and bless people. That's and um, mm-hmm. I went through my crisis at Western mm-hmm. uh, when I had to crunch my way out to the varsity baseball stadium in my Top Siders 1981. Mm-hmm. Remember those? Mm-hmm. You know, my little Izod shirt my backpack with a conducting baton sticking out of it. And I had to crunch my way across the warning track at Western Michigan University Broncos baseball field wow. and tell the coach that I couldn't play. Wow. And, uh, and so I drank a few beers and had a few temper tantrums. My life was over. Of course, I was yeah. 17 and, yeah. and I can't play baseball now. And, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But God was always faithful and always merciful. That's great. And uh, we just continued to grow in that. So when I when I did sign the contract with the Spurlow Group, that was my first full-time music and ministry mm-hmm. commitment. Okay. Yeah. And so if there was preaching to do, uh, we there were Christian agents across mm-hmm. the United States. And mm-hmm. one, one magnificent occasion was um, 4th of July at Hershey Park you know, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name was Bruce. And he said, hey, you know, we need about 10 minutes of somebody just to really just preach the gospel. And they're like, wit? Jeff Whitaker, wit. And 
what? You ready to preach? I said, yeah, yeah, we, we got it. Wow. So I remember being at Hershey Park and Fourth of July and God Bless America and then just preaching the gospel. And wow. So that began to unfold. And then I came off the road in 1985 mm-hmm. and I married my my girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, my fiance, who I had met uh, in the eighth grade in, in Sunday school. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I wish we could have been married in the eighth grade. It would have saved a whole lot of grief. You know? <laughs> That's but funny. She's an angel, and I'm just a complete jerk. <laughs> uh, that is it's still funny. that way. You know, 36 years this That's month. wonderful. 36 but, years. That's but fantastic. But we were married in 85, and that was when we moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and that's where mm-hmm. I went to... Uh, you know, four hardcore, you know, years of Bible college. Yeah. I took all my state, my state education, my music degree and everything. And I, you know, put that under the, you know, the pastoral degree. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, uh, you know, the, the Lord kept us busy. I, I was That's out wonderful. of the mood to live out of a suitcase. I was happy, yeah. you know, to be, to be home. Yeah. And, um, we had our first two babies when we were in Bible college and, uh, and, um, but uh, I also was very privileged for three years out of my four to work for uh, Billy Graham. Oh, wow. Yeah, in Minneapolis. Wow. And so they found out that I drove a 40-foot road coach down, you know, down Broadway without killing myself. <laughs> you know? So they, uh, they said, hey, could you go to the airport and wow. this or that? And then um, I had the keys. I was a building supervisor coordinator. <laughs> So wow. that was my second shift job while I was going to Bible college. Wow. And uh, we all know that means janitor. <laughs> so I went from the, the footlights of Radio City to the bathrooms and the, you know, <laughs> mopping the floors, which oh was beautiful. Oh, my gosh. That's but, great. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I, I had the keys to yeah. everything. That's wonderful. And the beautiful Steinway that the Steinway company had given to Billy uh, after his New York crusade. And so I would uh, slide over at break time about 10 o'clock at night and open it up and pop the lid up and just play, you know, just play music, wow. and, you know, and, and sing and, and just worship and things. And, and, uh, and so, you know, things happen there and it's lovely. You know, and it's then we've, lovely. we've just kind of, from that point on, you know, we've been, we've, well, I've been a pastor since 1988. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So. Well, Pastor Jeff, I am so excited to have had you with us today. I thank you for your time, for your wisdom, uh, for sharing your experience with us. This has just been, it's been wonderful. And I thank you so much. And, and I thank you and I'm the better for it. And thank you for, for investing the time. Thank you. Thank today. you so much. The Business Savvy Singer Podcast is brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net, Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at gretapope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer podcast. The Business Savvy Singer.